Hi. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to the very last episode of this segment about Glee. Finally. Oh, finally? <laughs> oh, I thought you were crying tears of sadness and sorrow. Oh, incorrect. <laughs> I think this episode is kind of bad. <laughs> anyway, I'm Claire. I'm Emily. And this is Emily Claire and, and Emily. Claire. Oh. Switching it up. So yeah, uh, we watched the final episode of Glee season two, aka New York. Um, New York. Yeah, I guess we've come full circle. Um, in this episode, the Glee Club gets ready to perform at Nationals in New York, and Finn and Rachel have an emotional moment on stage during the competition. Disgusting. Yeah, I mean, there's not much to say about this episode, except it's so infuriating, it's so disgusting, it's frustrating, it's everything that ends in ing. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say the conclusion, like, the fact that they... Spoiler alert, don't make top 10. Good. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been too far. I'm honestly really impressed that they really gave Glee the budget to fly out to New York mm. and like go to these very iconic places. Like when the episode opens up, they're like in the middle of Times Square at that like iconic the TKTS stairs. Yeah. And it's usually, like, super crowded, but, like, it was just the Glee kids and a couple of extras. Also, I noticed that, like, there are, like, a bunch of scenes where they're running around in New York, and I'm like, there's no way it's that empty. So I feel so bad for the native New Yorkians who had to just, like, (laughs) who had to take an alternate route to work because the the fucking Glee cast has to film. Yeah, that's embarrassing. (laughs) And then, of course, they went on um, the Wicked Broadway stage, and Will Schuster also had, like, a Broadway stage, and then Patti Lapone was there. Like, they really had a lot of money for this episode. Yeah. And for what? <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. Okay, so the episode opens up on Miss Rachel Berry standing in Times Square, like soaking it all in uh god it's so annoying like why can't you just okay no this this, this part is definitely because i hate rachel berry i was gonna be like why can't you just be a normal person and be like oh new york but you know what being like wow like i'm in new york city that's pretty normal that's fine but her going i made it i'm like what yeah, I don't, I don't really get it either. I was like, oh, so Rachel's the main character. I see. Not happy with that information, but I see. It's like, if you're a good enough writer, you can convince me to like see anything from anyone's perspective, right? Like, you could have pulled me into Rachel's thing and made me feel it with her. Like, wow, she made it. But instead, I felt like I was an outsider watching some little girl live out her weird-ass fantasy. I made it. I'm like, yeah. made it where? <laughs> it feels like one of those like cliche, cheesy TV moments. Whereas like, 
um even though i personally don't really care for that scene where they sing for good on like the wicked you know mm-hmm. i feel like that scene where her eyes are shining with held back tears because mm-hmm. that's leah michelle's go-to move <laughs> that's like more convincing of a i made it you know right and she doesn't have to say like i made it and she's like standing in the tkts stairs it's like too much yeah it's too much too much too much but yeah it's also really strange because like not to shit on rachel berry for being a fake theater kid but she's like hey glee kids i got us all tickets to go see cats and quinn's just like you dumbass like that show closed a really long time ago and i was was like like, oh yeah maybe i should have noticed when he swiped my credit card in his butt crack i was like what is this scene (laughs) i get what you're trying to do but why choose rachel to say it like it just all doesn't make sense it makes no sense but a little satisfaction seeing quinn be like i know something that you didn't about broadway Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i think in general like in this genre of stuff made for teens i'm like kind of tired of someone spending like 45 minutes in new york and being like i'm in love with this city like i understand that in real life people will go to new york and be like oh this is my place or like i can i really see how i fit in here because you know all these different reasons but i don't think i've ever met anyone in the real world who is like i stepped foot into the city and i knew you know like that's such a dramatized event that happens in so 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 many books and movies and tv shows especially those aimed at teens and i'm like so freaking tired of it and the way that rachel in the first one minute of this episode is like i made it and then spends the rest of the episode like basically like throwing away other parts of her life just so she can eventually move to new york i'm like this is too much yeah i agree especially because like for me i distinctly remember when I went to New York for like a school trip, we were there for like a couple of days and I was like, whoa, this is like so not what I thought it was going to be. Mm. And if anything, it was then that I realized, oh, like actual New York City is so different from like what you always see on TV. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like not, you know, because um, like what you were saying um I feel like when I watched To All the Boys I Loved Before, mm-hmm. the third one that just came out, mm-hmm. it looks so fun. She's like going to some nice frat party up on like a rooftop. A rooftop. Yeah, and there she like brings a pink couch onto the subway and it looks clean and not dirty. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is this? This yeah. is not what I saw. Like, yeah. give me some of this. And it's the same with this episode, but stronger. Like they go to some nice restaurant and see patty lapone in the restaurant and have like a good interaction with her like they have quote-unquote breakfast at tiffany's like it's so obviously like special events that you would do on a trip and i'm like um this is why she wants to ditch all her other life plans to move to this like it just i just want to call bs (laughs) yeah it's like also how i feel with all these like youtubers who romanticize living in la Mm. personally i i just don't think that i'm like a city person you Mm. know i like the suburbs (laughs) and it's just like 
I don't know. I wish they like stopped shoving it down our throats every single time we watch like a high school dramedy, I guess, where they're like, so I applied to only NYU and like the Ivies. And I'm like, yeah. girl. I'm like, okay. Or it's like if they like, want to show someone. you can't have a personality. Yeah. If they want to show someone falling in love with New York City, then I want to see like realistic reasons like i don't want to see like all these like super special like they sing on a broadway stage that they snuck into and that's why she loves new york that's so stupid mm-hmm. anyways oh wait i also was thinking but this doesn't have to make it into the actual episode but like um i realized that a lot of what that is is like i guess gentrified new york city because like you know how um a lot of people like come to new york specifically for that but then they don't Mm -hmm. realize that there are actually like other people who live in new york Mm -hmm. and it's like they don't have like the rich life where Mm -hmm. they get to do all these great things Mm -hmm. i guess that's what in the heights is about yeah they still love new york city yeah so i i guess if tv were to continue showing this i would want it to like start romanticizing like actual new york like things that are like achievable you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. not like these sneaking into a broadway theater and going on to the stage like yeah or like even going to that restaurant that restaurant Mm -hmm. seems hella expensive Mm -hmm. patio palm was eating there Even if they just, like, went to Central Park and, like, sat on a bench, I'd be like, that's nice. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Anyways, moving off this topic. I kind of understand the appeal of New York City to Mm -hmm. people like Rachel and Kurt, you know? Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean I want to, like, spend the entire episode on how Rachel's in love with New York. Like, Like, in this episode, I feel like it's so focused on Rachel whereas I think it would have been nice to see other characters seeing as the last episode Quinn got broken up with and the only time they talk about in this one is she's like I'm gonna get a haircut yeah peace I mean there there was some stuff that the whole glee club did together they're sort of like traipsing around the city and like Dustin Goolsby kind of like roasts them for it he's like bro like in the few days before nationals your kids were like yay new york yay and like going around the city and i'm like yeah that was me watching them but the thing (laughs) is like a bunch of kids from like lima ohio might get to new york and want to do all that shit right but Mm -hmm. (laughs) i feel like whoever the director the writers don't take us enough out of their perspective to be like oh like look at these ohioans like enjoying new york yeah kids like have your fun you know what it's a great city it makes me Mm -hmm. feel like we should also be like wow, like, this is the real New York, and we're living it, and it's awesome, and blah, blah, blah. And I just don't feel that, and I feel a little embarrassed for them and for us, like, watching this. Yeah, I think more so, I feel like, you know, Rachel is, like, at a 10 right now where she's like, oh, New York, I want to live here forever. Whereas I know in my heart, like, Brittany is probably like, wow, this is a fun little vacation, like, can't wait to go back home but this is nice you know and i want more of that like yeah. the new directions just being like let's eat a hot dog and go back to the hotel yeah. like you know just like normal vacation stuff yeah and then like if like one or two of them just have like a really subtle and specific moment that it's like whoa 
that was kind of cool. And then now they're like, I'm intrigued by New York and I think I might even want to live there after graduation. And then it starts blossoming in their head, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. But no, I don't trust Ryan Murphy enough mm-hmm. to like give us that. God, I hate that man. Super villain. Especially because like, okay, tell me why in this, ep- like usually Glee likes to focus on like Rachel, Finn, and I guess Quinn, because she's a part of that love triangle. And in this episode, they focus on Rachel and Finn, which I understand. And then Matthew Morrison, Mr. Schuster. Mm -hmm. Like, when did I ever say I wanted to see Matthew Morrison have, like, an entire solo? Never. Because the show isn't about him. Okay, let's talk a little bit about Will's storyline. Because there is, like, such a fake freaking paper thin conflict (laughs) going on here that i i know where it came from but it's standing on the thinnest the thinnest of ice he's like okay everyone write your songs nationals are in two days i'm like okay shut up like that doesn't make any sense who wrote this that's so stupid but then he they're like oh mr shu are you gonna stay and help and he's like nope bye and then i guess the kids are like what's up with Mr. Shu not being around? Like, what's that, huh? And then Dustin Goolsby, I guess, like, lets the cat out of the bag. And they're like, we heard you're in a Broadway show. And he's like, no, no, I'm not. I, I love you guys. I'm like, I don't understand what the conflict is here. I guess it's like the kids love Mr. Shu so much that he's like, oh, I have Broadway, but I also have my kids. But me sitting here, I'm just like, I do not believe that you guys have some special bond, even though you keep telling me that you guys do. Like, just go to Broadway. Who fucking cares? Like, I I understand that the writers want me to think, like, well, if he's doing Broadway, then he must be abandoning the Glee Club. Oh, get out of here. Exactly. Like, I'm trying to imagine myself on a school trip, and my teacher's like, I have this other thing to do in the city, big dreams, but obviously I'll still be here. For, like, once Nationals is over, I'm going to stay here for a little while after. I'd be like, whoa, you have a life outside being a teacher? Dang, good on you, man. Okay, but like, help us. And then once Nationals are over, go live your dreams. Because you know what? If you and I have a special bond, I want you to live your dreams. Like, it doesn't no, have to yeah. be conflict. It doesn't make sense. Exactly. Especially because, like, knowing the process of Broadway, thank you, Smash. It's mm. like we know that uh, the April Roadshow is in, like, early development, you know? They're probably, like, previewing the show. So chances are, like, Will most likely will not transition to Broadway. Like, I'm just, like, I'm being realistic here, mm-hmm. right? He's like, nobody knows him. So they're not mm-hmm. going to cast him as, like, the lead role. Mm-hmm. So chances are he's going to stay there, help develop their show, probably help them out with previews. And afterwards, he'll go back to Ohio. He'll still be their Glee teacher. And that's right in summer break. Perfect amount of, like, three months. Yeah, it's like, I don't really understand, especially because, like, as a student, you know, your relationship with your teacher is very much in the context of, like, school environment Mm -hmm. like i don't know what goes on in your personal life Mm -hmm. i don't really want to know what goes on in your personal life yes so like it feels so strange that they have such a close relationship with mr shu where like that's enough to keep him from pursuing his lifelong dream of being on broadway yeah no literally doesn't make sense it's because he's useless 
Yeah, and then the thing is, is like in season four, they literally have Mr. Shu like go join Congress or something so that Finn can take over teaching the Glee Club. <laughs> That's shocking. Dude, Ryan I don't Murphy think he joins fucking Congress. I think own world. it's like something weird, but he like goes to DC, I think. And I'm like, oh, so he could go to DC, but he couldn't go to Broadway. Awesome. Maybe he gets an admin job. <laughs> I hate it here. Policy making. But yeah, Mr. Shu gets up on the stage, sings like the blandest pop song ever. Yeah, it's not good. And like this man has the audacity to be like, you got it, kid. You got the stuff. And I'm like, no, don't say that. so embarrassing. Like, it's just like such, this whole episode is just some like weird juvenile, like fantasy wet dream about New York. Like, ugh. It's also a little insulting because, like, Matthew Morrison has been on Broadway, you know? I know that he's capable of belting out, like, I don't know, Santa Fe or something, Mm -hmm. but you're going to feed me this half-assed, like, super-processed pop song, and I'm supposed to believe this, like... on a Broadway stage! Exactly! I'm supposed to believe that this Broadway man is like, yeah, never heard that before. Like, no way. Get out of here. That's, like, the same speaking of Smash. It's like when Karen sings her audition song, and it's freaking Brighter Than the Sun by, like, Colby Collet, and they're like, this girl, she's Marilyn. I'm like... (laughs) There's no acting happening here. There's, like, barely singing happening, but okay yeah so embarrassing which is why i do have to say i think leah michelle and chris colford did a great job with for good yeah you know the acting was there the pipes were there it was good yeah it was pretty beautiful wait i want to say like this is writing workshop 101 by claire Mm -hmm. okay this Mm -hmm. man whoever this man was instead of saying like you know what i've heard a lot of people and you got the stuff he could say something like wow okay um you know you know what can i hear you say something sing something more and then it cuts to the next scene so you know that this guy's like intrigued he knows what he's Mm -hmm. doing right because he's like a seasoned man and then you're like wow since he asked to hear more he must really believe in will and think that will has got the stuff same information enters my brain but it doesn't make me want to wither and die (laughs) yeah Again, the writing is just so cheesy. Like, it feels like they took every, like, cliche and just bloop, plopped it in there. Just no nuance whatsoever. Just 100%. I do think, okay, here's a different way that they could go and equally as plausible. So if the end goal is that we want Mr. Shu to stay in Ohio with the kids, we could have it so that he goes and sneaks out to, like, I guess, audition don't really know what's happening but instead of him just singing by himself on the stage it would have been awesome if it was kind of like a chorus line thing where Mm. it's like all these people carbon copies of matthew morrison Mm. like auditioning and they have the stuff Mm. like you know they sing and you're like wow and it's almost like board belting and then you cut to mr shu and he's kind of just like sweating "Um, uh yeah and then and then he just turns around and leaves and you're Mm. like damn you know what i mean because then you know you're like oh he realized like it's not realistic for him to pursue this dream anymore Mm because it's like past his prime and he still has like his teaching job which he really loves and in that moment he decides you know what like i'm just gonna leave this be 
and I'm gonna go back to the kids. Yeah, but you know what? That would take too much like of the writer's energy and too much screen time because <laughs> we would need to disambiguate like is he going back because he like got his dreams smashed or is he going back because he knows that okay like now things have been put into perspective and i'm being realistic and this is what's right and obviously we would want the latter and that would take so much time yeah i imagine matthew morrison would make that face he does where he's like uh oh the push and pull and then it shows him holding the script he looks at the stage and then he puts it down and like walks away and i'd be like oh acting wow matthew morrison i guess you do have rights um but no instead eyebrows like go up like this and he has like a soft closed mouth smile yeah (laughs) his eyes are like twinkle twinkle (laughs) instead what we have is matthew morrison just being praised for doing the bare minimum just you know what it's interesting that you bring up like oh we know how shows work so it's realistic that he'll just like end up back at the school in time for the school year blah blah blah, all this stuff when he's like when there's that scene where he's packing with emma he's like oh like we don't know how the show will go like it's opening night which will probably also be it's closing night or something like that i'm like Mm -hmm. hey wait what What's your perspective on this show? It's so weird. Oh, but now I'm confused. Um, not sure. I I don't know. For whatever reason, I thought that he was like, like the show is in early stages. Because when April came, they were like writing songs. Yep. But I guess it's already on Broadway, huh? If there's anything that the Glee world knows very, very well, it's the timeline of writing songs. Yes. How long it will take. They hit that nail right on the head. Obviously sarcasm. Because, dude. They're in their New York hotel room writing their songs. The dumbest shit I've ever heard. Every single time Will Schuster brings out those stupid rhyming dictionaries, I'm like, stop die stop imagine Um, a songwriter you're like tell me about your process and they're like you know what the first thing i think of is words that rhyme with each other no i don't think about the story i want to tell i don't want to think about the message of the song the melody mm -mm. rhyming words that's ridiculous Mm -hmm. and here's the thing (laughs) like okay I watched this show on Netflix called Julie and the Phantoms, and it's like kind of like Glee where they break out into song. Mm. But the important thing is that the people who play the characters, like they're actually musicians, like they actually play the instruments that their characters play. Mm. And like during the process of filming the show, they like really needed this song for the two main leads to have kind of like a romance, you know, that kind of thing, love song. And they're like, oh, we really need to get like our best songwriters on this because, you know, it's really important to these characters. And the actors who like played the characters, they were like, hey, like, why don't we try writing the song? Mm. And they did. And it was really good. And like, I feel like... um. You know, the actors, like, really understood the characters, Mm -hmm. and that's why the song was really good, because Mm -hmm. I felt like, you know, it really worked well. But in this show, I'm supposed to believe that Finn Hudson sat down and wrote this duet for him and Rachel to sing, and, like, the words are like, will we ever get our happy ending? And I'm like, there is no fucking way (laughs) Mr. Finn Hudson (laughs) sat down and wrote these lyrics. 
It's like That's I so I wish true. that Ryan Murphy and like the other two randos they like thought about this, you know, mm-hmm. instead of just like, well, we have the song and well, we know that the kids write the songs. Cuz like it just doesn't seem realistic, you know. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I always think that about Glee. I'm like, do you know your characters? They don't care about their characters. They're just they just use them as pawns to further whatever plot points they can dream up. They're like, who mm-hmm. could move this one along? Maybe Tina? Who could move that one along? Maybe <laughs> Brittany? Like they don't care about what their characters would do in a situation. They just mold them to whatever they need. Yeah, and, like, honestly, the most realistic original song that the Glee kids wrote was, like, My Cup. I was like, yeah, that seems like a song Wait, that I'm they'd write. I'm so confused. Is that an original song? Yes! It didn't exist before Glee? No! I feel like I hear that song, like, everywhere. <laughs> it is from Glee, Claire. What? Yes. Is there like a really famous cover of it somewhere? Like, I thought it was a real song. And I thought the joke no. was that Britney was like, hey, I wrote this song, but it was like a song that was already written. No, the Wait. joke is that it's a song about cups. Dude. Wait, what? That's a great <laughs> song, though. My cup, my cup. <laughs> Singing what's up to my cup, to my Right. I was like, this cup, is so catchy. What? I really thought it was a real song. Let's go over the original songs that I, I guess literally the don't remember have written. Here, I'll I'll go through the list. Okay. Trouty Mouth. Yes. Um what's it called? Hell, Hell to, to the, the No. Puck Song, which I forgot what it's called, but it's like something about a heart. Oh yeah, the, yeah, girl, like the, the big, girl's heart. Big big ass heart or something. Yeah, I think that's right. Um and then we have Rachel's song from you know, regionals. Oh, I don't even remember band. what it's called. Oh, no, I'm talking about the one where she's, like, yeah, crying. Yeah, yeah. Um, Loser Like Me. And then we have the national songs, which are, like, the Camp Rock ripoff song. And then the Light It Up group number. They're all so forgettable. The only ones that I distinctly remember are, like, Hell to the No, Trouty Mouth, and, like, My Cup. And Loser Like Me. Oh, well, yeah, that's, like, Glee's anthem. But, like, my point in bringing these up are that Original songs, while I guess sort of impressive, not the move to go. Yeah, Sing it's a just crowd not... pleaser. Yeah. Please. Especially because, like, I feel like they kind of look down on the other teams who, like, use pop songs because they're like, oh, but we, like, wrote ours. But, you know, there's ways to, like, reinvent them, like, mm-hmm. you know, arrangements and stuff. So, mm-hmm. like, I don't know why they didn't do that or do, like, a mashup, you know? Mm-hmm. <sighs> disappointed and it's like there's such merit in knowing your audience and knowing what you need to do like your job right now is to like perform a song really well so like that's cool you can write your own songs but if that's gonna hold you back from performing the song really well then it's not worth it that's not what you're here to do don't be stupid Mm -hmm. dude and it's like i hate this trope it literally happens all the time like in pitch perfect 2 when they sing that stupid song about a flashlight i wanted uh, to die that song sucks such a bad song it is so embarrassing yeah. i'm like wow wow god i hate it here <laughs> wow <laughs> wow i'm disappointed <laughs> come on guys yeah. let's do better but what am I to expect from three white men? Anyway, 
God, now we have to talk about the stupid Finn Rachel plot. I just don't care. God. (laughs) I have so much anger in my body right now. My shoulders are like (laughs) tensed up. It's so stupid. Finn's like, um, guys, like, don't you think Rachel and I should sing a duet? Because, like, we're, like, important. (laughs) And Mike is like, um, yeah, I don't really care. Like, seems like that would probably help us win. So whatever, man, do it. Again, I don't care. Yeah, and then Puck's like, okay, fuck you, dude. Like, we know that you and Rachel have something going on. Just, like, ask her out. Finn does. They get dressed in clothes, I assume, that they brought with them for this specific reason. Like, why else would Rachel have, like, a fur coat and, like, a blue, like, ball gown? Anyways, they go to, like, a fancy-ass restaurant that is famous, and Patty Lapone is there, and... Again, wish fulfillment. This is so stupid. Yeah. I need to calm down. <laughs> it's like, oh God, it's so stupid. I don't care. Even Rachel's dialogue is so infuriating. She's like, ah, oh, Patty Lapone, like, what should I? Oh, Kurt would never forgive me if I didn't. I'm like, and I'm like, Shut don't lie, fuck you up. fucking bitch. Don't bring him into this. And she's like, Miss Lapone, like, you're my hero. And I was like, fuck you. And Patty Lapone is a nice woman so she's like good luck at nationals finn is cute and she leaves i'm like god i can't believe they made patty lapone say this i know she did not get paid enough however much they gave her it was not enough enough. yeah i'm just gonna blaze through this because it makes no difference like i have nothing to say like literally okay this is what happens so Finn and Rachel seemingly going on a nice date. Finn tries to kiss her. Rachel's like, no, I can't. She runs away. And then we figure out that Rachel is basically like, well, I want to go to Broadway. And I can't have anyone holding me back from achieving that dream. So I'm not going to focus any amount of time on Finn Hudson. But we know that that's bullshit. Here's why. Because one, she's just full of shit in general. No, yeah, she's full of shit. But like the day of nationals, you know, Jesse St. James, he's like, uh, Rachel, like, I'm into you. But she's obviously not into him. And we know that Rachel's into Finn. So it's like, okay, bitch, I guess you're like in love with him, but you're like into torturing yourself. And like when they sing their stupid song, the entire time they're both overacting and they're just like staring Mm -hmm. at each other. And it's, oh my God, it was so disgusting. Like when the song is ending, you could see they were so into each other. Please don't do it. Bitch, don't do it. When they get a little too close, I was like, no, don't tell me. And then, of course, they kiss. And it's the most disgusting scene in this episode. It was quiet. It was so quiet. The silence was so loud. Which, okay, that's actually such weird direction. Like, don't you think if that really happened, there would be some like, from the audience? Like, yeah. Or something from the audience. But then... Whoever was directing was like, hey, audience, you be dead silent. That's that's how we're going to play this one. It was so... They literally just made, like, the most disgusting choices possible. Like, they could have played it as, like, one of them gets, like, so hopped up on the the thrill of being on stage that they just do it. And the other one's like, wait, what? And then they're kind of like, ooh, okay, JK, I was happy about that, too. But no, like they had to play it so that they're both like so 
fucking into each other that they don't hear anything going on around them and they're like you know what it's like it's just you and me here even though there's hundreds of people there their team is waiting on them to start the next song and they're like mm. <laughs> oh so vile it also doesn't really make sense considering i thought rachel was all about you know being professional yep fuck you rachel berry hypocrite yep yeah um jesse st james is like was that scripted and just will stands up the only one clapping scattered applause so embarrassing also matthew morrison overacts too john goff is like was that scripted and matthew's like no (laughs) it wasn't i'm like okay weirdo it's fine I I just this is a prime example of Will needs to have better like control over his he kids. He does nothing. He's a floppy piece of dough. Like in that moment, I'm like, okay, this is obviously due to the fact that you guys did not rehearse this enough. No rehearsal. You didn't prepare the songs in advance. So all those teenage hormones just left unchecked. Yep. Fuck you, Will. Anyways. Smoking teen <laughs> hormones. The thing that's so embarrassing about it is like after they get off the stage, Jesse's like, yeah, no, that kiss, not going to cut it. So unprofessional. No one liked it. And Finn's like, oh, you're just a hater. Like, <laughs> Step back, bro. Okay, weirdo. <laughs> so embarrassing. That's the thing is that everyone is so, so, so embarrassing in this episode. So we just have to sit here and experience the secondhand embarrassment the whole time because the writers or the directors or whoever's responsible won't let us out of this cage. Like they yeah. won't give us an outsider's perspective to be like, ah, oh, ha, ha, look at these kids being so ha, ha, ha. They just keep us trapped in this stupid glee club. <laughs> I just, I hate it so much. And like, uh, the thing that is so bad about it is that like i know that this scene or okay i don't really know i'm still kind of confused about what the message was but the way i interpreted it was that like even though it costs them nationals we're supposed to believe that this is what was necessary in order for like the two characters to like get over whatever it was keeping them apart so that they can be together and i guess that makes sense but also God, if I was Tina or if I was like, you know, Santana, I would be so pissed. I'd be yeah. like, guys, you're you're not the only two people who exist in the world. Yep. Makes me sad. Bold of the writers to assume that I like these two characters enough separately and together <laughs> to excuse such a thing. I know, right? Like seriously. <sighs> but yeah, um That's a good here's point. What's- here's the thing right so before all this shit goes down i think it's very entertaining seeing the teams that they're up against because you really realize that that new directions is screwed yeah (laughs) there's no way they would have won there's no way like i know that um the show they like hire professional dancers mm-hmm. and that's why it looks really good and i feel so bad for everyone who got cast as like the main crew because they cannot dance for shit yeah they cannot the camera always has to pan away from them because it just looks like a hot mess 
kind of like they like they couldn't have gotten like i don't know like people who were like maybe not as good dancers to pretend to be the competition <laughs> they could have scaled down the other people's choreography a little bit but they just didn't like, literally it's so embarrassing like i know i'm supposed to be like oh but they have the heart they have the soul but like but they just don't have the skills man <laughs> dude even like going against like the warblers i'm like new direction should You're not fucked. have won yeah <laughs> Anyways, sunshine. Oh, God. I just, uh, I, that's another person that I'm like, they just didn't get paid enough. Like, I'm so (laughs) sorry that you had to be in all of these episodes, this weird ass, like, punching bag, basically, for Rachel Berry. Like, sunshine is just such a normal, normal person. And Rachel Berry is just like, up her ass 24-7 for just no reason. I agree. Sunshine, like, sees Rachel and is, like, says something really normal and probably really kind. Like, literally taking the time out of her day to say something to Rachel is already too kind based on their previous interactions. And then Rachel has the fucking audacity to be like, I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to make me feel guilty. And I'm like, no. I promise you, I promise you, no, she's not. I don't understand, like, we've been through this before, Rachel Berry. You're the bad guy here. Yes. And then, like, this is actually how I imagine Leah Michelle like, makes her quote-unquote friendships, which is, like, how she sort of, like, gets through life before she was ultimately shunned. But, like, they somehow form, like a bond which i don't um, get it it, so paper thin yeah it's so paper thin and i i know that there are these relationships in real life like okay okay, okay. i know what's happening and i'm like wow people are just being fake to each other or like i'm only gonna be nice to you because you're down and i know i can feel good about myself and then it's like sort of treated on screen as like oh like rachel's such a good person and rachel and sunshine really have this bond that like only they can understand and so it's like special and i'm like bullshit i know what this is okay i see it in life and it's not that yeah especially because like like i don't i don't think rachel berry is capable of setting aside her like i don't know like her competitive drive Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. Uh, like she sees everyone as competition Mm -hmm. even her own friends and so i'm supposed to believe that like some rando who she met like once in the school bathroom she's gonna be like i'm gonna be the bigger person like no yeah absolutely not and again i think this is just like the writers like okay spoiler alert claire and i watched moxie the episode is coming after this one Mm -hmm. and we were talking about how in the movie it's really great how the writers allow you to like hate the main character Mm -hmm. and then eventually i guess they redeem her and you like kind of forgive her and i feel like ryan murphy he never lets you like truly hate rachel because he always has like some stupid little scene like this where it's like oh but she has like a good heart and like you know even though she makes mistakes they're all coming from like a good place Mm -hmm. and i just like wish they would play into her awfulness you know yeah her saying you know why i sent you to a crack house it's because you are good is 
horrible. And I want the writers to tell me the audience, don't worry, audience, we know that that's horrible. No way we would make you sit there and say, wow, Rachel's so kind for that. But do they do that? No, they do not. The writers let us down. They treat it as if Rachel, like, wow, she she saw the talent in Sunshine. And that's why she was so hard on her. I'm like, that's so terrible. Like, it makes sense that Sunshine accepts that in that moment because Sunshine's obviously really, really low right there, right? Mm-hmm. But then I don't have to accept it as the third party observer, but the writers want me to so bad and that's disgusting. Yeah, I, it's so, like, does she even say sorry? I feel like she did one of those fake apologies where it's like, sorry, but like, you know, and I'm like, don't say but, just say sorry. God. You're saying like, it's because you were good. I'm like, are you a talent scout? Are you her superior? No, you're not. You guys are equals. Don't yeah, and it. disgusting. And it's also like putting the blame on Sunshine. It's like, yes. well, I only did that because of your talent. Yep. And it's like, I'm sorry that I'm talented. Like, I'm sorry that you felt threatened by me, you yep. know? I, like, again, I have no sympathy for Rachel Berry. She honestly, like, when she has her eventual downfall, it's so satisfying to watch because I'm like, I hate this bitch. Um, and I feel so bad for Sunshine because... When she goes up on that stage and she's like nervous and she looks into the crowd and sees Rachel and Rachel's like giving her the thumbs up, I believe that she feels reassured by it. Mm -hmm. Jake Cyrus does a very good job Mm -hmm. of like, I don't know, playing into that kind of like meek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Acting, (laughs) doing his job. And so like, I feel so bad for Sunshine because I'm like, girl, like you don't know Rachel Berry. Yeah. Like, thankfully, vocal adrenaline very talented sunshine very talented mm-hmm. so they get like second place but like yep. uh i'm so sorry you had to meet rachel berry yeah. <laughs> i remember when vocal adrenaline did their one number like basically when um sunshine was singing i was like mm-hmm. oh no it's only gonna show us one vocal adrenaline number because they're the competition and i just want to watch more vocal adrenaline but instead we're gonna have to watch like three songs from new directions no yeah that is what happened feels bad and you know why it feels bad because god that new directions their songs kind of sucked yeah Anyways, do you want to talk about Will and Dustin Gould? Uh, yeah, that's that's what I wanted to talk about, actually. Okay. Okay. Take it away. More on people just being fucking embarrassing. The secondhand embarrassment that I feel from this man is unparalleled. Like, okay, they have they have their stupid conversation at the bar where Dustin's like, oh, I hate my kids. And Will is like, you know what? I love, I love my them. kids. Again, like... Writers want me to believe so bad that this is proof that he's a good person and also the same paper-thin conflict that doesn't make any sense and doesn't have to be a conflict at all. He can still love his kids and be an April show. They're not mutually exclusive. Okay. Such an embarrassing conversation. Then they talk again later in the lobby of Nationals where Dustin's like buying all those t-shirts to just be like a caricature like, ha ha ha, I'm gonna send these to all the fucking losers. And Will, for some reason, decides to start telling Dustin how he's gonna beat him. And I'm like, it's embarrassing. Will, 
Don't set yourself up for failure like that. You've seen vocal adrenaline. Oh, it's so silly. If I was Will Schuster in that moment, like the second Finn and Rachel kiss, I would have just shriveled up and died and just left the building because there's no coming back from that. So, so bad. Yeah, okay, I don't know. Like, I guess, like, Dustin and Dustin was supposed to be, like, a foil for Will, probably, like, oh, this guy's, like, the definition of he doesn't care about the people, but you know what, Will, like, you can tell, especially compared to Dustin, like, he cares so much about his kids, and I'm, like, you know what, I think they're actually more similar than they are different, like, I think they're more similar than you think they are, they're both ridiculous, Mm -hmm. and they're both, mm, stupid, and I'm just gonna sit here and keep insulting them both, because they're they suck, both of them. And I don't want to watch them fight because it makes me want to throw up. I'm kind of glad that, like, Dustin Goolsby straight up is just like, yeah, I don't really like my kids that much. I think they suck because, you know, high school kids, they do kind of suck. And it's, like, so gross, like, the juxtaposition where Will is just, like, I overacting. He's like, I really love my kids so much. Mm. I'm like, stop lying. <laughs> or at least, like, if you're truly, like, I do love my kids, don't say it so grossly. Like, no. you're not a saint for, like, not treating your kids like shit. That's so true. That's so true. <laughs> he has such an opportunity here to really blossom as a character as well. He's like, you know what? Like, I actually really love my kids. So. Why was it so easy for me to leave them in the hotel room and, and go to April's show? You know, he could have, like, spilled out all this stuff. Dustin maybe could have talked to him about it, or he could have been like, bitch, I don't care, and left. That would have been fine, too. He had such an opportunity to really to really do something. But instead, he's all the way to one side. No nuance whatsoever. I love my kids. <laughs> and freaking, this is a classic situation. Like, there are a lot of scenes with Quinn and Rachel where I know the writers want me to root for Rachel, but I end up, like, gaining respect for Quinn. Same thing. Between Dustin and Will, the writers obviously want me to root for Will, but Loki, I kind of gained some respect for Dustin. I know. Like, uh, at least, like, like, I don't understand why they can have other characters that act like normal human beings, you know, and just, like, not say the grossest lines ever, and then they just, like, make the characters who they want us to sympathize with the most say, like, these really cheesy, gross lines. <laughs> They're, like, they purposely make a lot of characters, like, caricatures, right? Like, Sue right, and, yeah. like, Dustin, too. But I think in their mind, they're, like, but you know who's not a caricature? Will. I'm, like, <laughs> no, no, no. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I think it's so entertaining when Dustin just stands there and freaking clowns Will. He's, like, um, don't tell me you're gonna beat me. That's embarrassing for you. Like, I saw your kids traipsing around New York being like, yay, New York, wee! Like, that's embarrassing for you. My kids were training. Your kids, they're green. They're not ready. Also, you suck. I was like, he made some points. He made some points. Yeah, so when they had that conversation, you know, I think it's really hamming up the fact that New Directions are obviously the underdogs uh, mm-hmm. at this competition. And, like, I guess it's, like, foreshadowing that they're not going to win. Um, and that's fine. But here's the thing. 
This is like obviously a trope that comes up a lot in like sports movies, I think. Mm-hmm. Basically, I'm just thinking about Haikyuu. Like, in Haikyuu, um, the first season when they go up against their rivals, mm-hmm. it's like despite how good they've become and mm-hmm. you know how much they've practiced, obviously they're not at the level of Alba Josai and that's why they end up losing against them. Mm-hmm. But even though they lose, you understand that they really like gave it their all. They just weren't there. But you know that like they can get there, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like with New Directions versus Vocal Adrenaline, mm-hmm. I don't think they can ever get to that level. <laughs> like there's no way. Yeah. There is no fucking way. And I know this because when we watch the two face off, it's like, okay, besides nationals, right? Like they've gone against each other during season one when Jesse St. James sang Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm-hmm. And it's like the professional dancers, the fucking vocals. It's just like everything is so different between the two groups that I feel like you can't really make that comparison. So when Will retaliates by being like, well, we're going to kick your ass, like, let me buy this shirt, like, you, like later, you know? It's just so embarrassing. Dude, there's no way that they can possibly beat out Vocal Adrenaline, like, let alone any of the other top-ranking show choirs in the nation. Like, there's no fucking way. Yeah. Also, like, Will is so indecorous. Like, if he were like, okay, you're gonna buy shirts, that's like, because you're gross and you're Vocal Adrenaline, and you would send a shirt to your enemies who you stomped all over. Like, that's so gross of you. But I'm the good teacher. So, like you know what? You buy your shirts, okay? Um, Mm -hmm. My kids are going to go out there and they are going to do what we worked so hard on for the last three days after we wrote our songs. (laughs) Like, you know? like. But the fact that he buys a shirt and he's like, I'm going to buy a shirt too and I'll send it to you, schooled. I'm like, Will, you are embarrassing. Yeah. That's why I just think that like, I know we were joking that, ooh, Dustin Goolsby's into Will. He's hitting on him. Ooh, enemies to lovers. I just think Will Schuster is a sad little man, and he should just yeah. stay alone forever because he sucks. He is a sad little man. But Dustin Goolsby is into him. Dude, he, like, checks him out head to toe, like, at least two times. Yeah, but, Out-of-control. like, Dustin Goolsby, like, sir, you do not need okay, to okay. stoop so low for Will yeah. Schuster. Dustin Goolsby can do better. Yeah, literally. <laughs> oh my god. Anyways, anyways. So that's that. That's that. Is there even anything else to talk about? Obviously, they lose. They go home. It's fine. Some of them are a little disappointed. <sighs> Santana and Brittany have a conversation. Rachel yeah, and it kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, it did. It's like, oh, Britanna? <laughs> like... Wow, we've, okay. it, we've gone like three episodes without this plotline and now just coming back to it. Yeah, I guess Rachel and Finn also have kind of like a conversation. Will and Emma is like, Emma's like wearing his fucking sweater vest, which like... Yeah, all the couples. Okay. All the couples just have their little moment to tie up the season. Yeah. And then like, I guess they're like, oh. By the way, Mike and Tina have been going strong this whole time. <laughs> Where's their screen yeah. time? Yeah. 
literally. Um, Will holds up the little 12th place trophy, and that's how the season ends. And yeah, it was fine. <sighs> Nothing to say because, like, yeah, I mean, obviously, out of all the Glee seasons, I do think this one is the best. But in terms of like nationals, like the episodes that deal with nationals, I think season three has like a better nationals episode because they actually use real songs and not fucking original <laughs> songs. Good riddance. Yeah, that must be nice. <laughs> well, anyways, that's the end of our Glee journey, Claire. The era has ended. It's kind of shocking. Yeah. How do you feel? I feel good. It like was not that hard to make it through. It was very enjoyable. It was shocking at times, and it was fun. Yeah, I I think it was fun. Whenever we would watch an episode, you'd be like, "Oh my god, so shocked by like scenes that I'm like, <laughs> you remember this?" Yeah, no, <laughs> I remember iconic. nothing. So I'm glad that we got to go through this together. Okay, I think we should do best song, worst song, MVP for this episode, and then to wrap up our era we should do best episode worst episode of season two and instead of mvp like best song you think was in season dude, two, dude i will not be able to remember the songs that's yeah, okay um okay for this episode i think that the worst song the one that made me feel the most anger in my heart was the one where they're like running around New York singing a terrible song with horrible lyrics. Who wrote it? Were they seven years old? It was so <laughs> embarrassing. And they had to do it in public. You mentioned like you can see in the background how they like closed off the area. You can see like a crowd of people. So like big, like areas of, New- not big, but like areas of New York had to be closed off. The public saw them doing this out in the open. And this was the song that they had to be performing. It's so embarrassing. It's like the worst version of Do Re Mi when they're like running around Salzburg. <laughs> um, that's a sound of music reference. Right, yeah. <laughs> the best song in this episode? Hard to say. Don't remember a lot of them. Mm, oh okay okay i almost resigned myself to choosing for good which it was quite good but the one that really got me in the in the soul was sunshine song yeah i thought it was good too i think that's the best song i think for me worst song was matthew morrison's just because sorry matthew morrison i don't like watching you sing uh best song i'm gonna go ahead and say my cup because that is the only song from this episode that's Iconic. on my Glee playlist. Iconic. MVP. I'm going to go ahead and say that MVP is probably... Fuck it. I'm going to just say Kurt because I thought he was good and for yeah, good. Cool. Um, I don't want to say Sunshine because they like kind of didn't have that much screen time and it feels like a cop-out. I'm kind of tempted to say Dustin Goolsby. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't know what, while watching it, I definitely was not this fond of him, but then like after talking about it, I'm just fuck it, Dustin Goolsby, MVP. <laughs> yeah, so, okay, if I had to rank best episode and like worst episode of season two, mm-hmm. I would have to say 
Dang. Looking back at it, there were so many good episodes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So many fun ones. Okay, okay. I know my my opinion of like the worst episode of season two has to be Grilled Cheeses. I think it's like so useless. None it of the songs useless. are good. In terms of like best episode, there are definitely some honorable mentions. For example, honorable mention would be for the wedding episode. I think it's a great episode. Um, I also really like the Sue Sylvester shuffle. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but, you know, I think I'm going to have to say The Substitute is my favorite episode of season two. Mm, interesting. Yeah. And then best song in season two has to go to Ain't No Way from Night of Neglect by Mercedes Jones. That song uh. is a banger. God, Mercedes had some incredible songs. Um, okay. This is so hard because I'm I already forgot everything that happened already. <laughs> um I know why you said Grilled Cheeses as your worst episode, but because I feel very neutral about that one, it's like useless, but I don't really care. Mm-hmm. I know there are ones that made me actively angry. But I'm I feel to remember, like, like we got angry when we watched Comeback. Yeah. Oh. Could... Dude, Born This Way? That was a great episode. Hee hee hee. That was the one that Tara was here. Yeah. Um, rumors? That one was kind of infuriating. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Um, God, this is so hard. I just don't know. Why would you ask me this? Oh, Never brain? Been Kissed? That's a terrible episode. Oh, I think Never Been Kissed must be the worst. Okay. Oh, God. Oh, that scene with Will and Beast. Wait, where the fuck is Coach Beast? I miss her. <laughs> She's gone. Terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Never Been Kissed, maybe, is my least favorite. My most favorite? Just scrolling through the titles, the one that makes me be like, oh, I want to watch it, is Britney, Britney. But it doesn't have that much substance. It's just awesome, like the yeah. numbers. But that's okay, okay, sometimes maybe, how it be. Maybe I'll choose one of those as my favorite number from the season. And then and my favorite episode, da, 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 da. maybe duets. I like duets. Noise. And I guess my favorite um, song is, uh, what's the one where she has the snake? Oh, Slave that, For You. Yes, yeah, Slave For You. God, that's... Heather Morrison's Slave For You is incredible. <laughs> Obviously, there are some, like, special, what do you call it, honorable mentions. Uh, for example, Valerie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, what's that song? The one that Santana and Mercedes sing. It's like a duet. Do I love you, my mind? Yeah, that one, that one is so good. High. Yeah, also, like, Mercedes, There, I know there are solos that Mercedes had that I just gushed over for, like, 30 straight minutes. Mm-hmm. and I don't know the names of the songs, but those just have to be up there. Like, I would literally feel like crying while she was singing sometimes. Right? Yeah. Anyways, that's it. That's it. What a time. Would I do it again? Not sure, but it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to our next segment a lot. We've decided mm-hmm. to each pick three comfort movies, and we'll be talking about them. If you don't know what a comfort movie is, listen to the name and try to figure out. <laughs> Dang. Well, actually, next week we're going to release our Moxie review episode. Mm-hmm. That is not a comfort movie. Do not get confused. 
The first comfort movie that we'll be watching is my pick. And oh, you'll have to wait and see what it is. Even oh though nobody my listens to goodness. It. Goodbye. Bye.